family. And I'm super excited about today because today is the first time I have a guest on this podcast. And kind of envisioning this podcast, I really wanted it to be a place where community was built here. And I'm just really excited about my very first guest. She's definitely one of my closest friends in my life. And it's so cool, just our story of our friendship and also how God has just worked in her life throughout her entire journey. And so welcome, Anna, to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> so, um, Anna, what a little bit about yourself to start off, just so people can get to know you a little bit more. Okay, sure. So obviously, my name is Anna. Um, I'm 18. I'm currently a senior ministry major at Tacoa Falls College, which most people don't know what that is. So it's a tiny college in northern Georgia. So um, I'm graduating in December with a ministry degree there. I'm the oldest of six children. So I have five younger siblings, a brother and four sisters. Um, And yeah, I also have a YouTube channel. So, yes, y'all should go definitely check it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. Anna's like had like me and our other friends on it and it's been such a time. It's really fun. So, (laughs) but she does videos about faith, beauty and lifestyle and all that good stuff. So I will leave her YouTube channel linked down below. So y'all should definitely check it out. So I want to first ask, because I think it's important to kind of talk about, you know, where our relationship started and I think our friendship story is really funny and so (laughs) I just wanted to start off by kind of talking about that because I think it's so cool to hear different friendship stories and kind of how y'all met and all that good stuff so do you want to you want to talk about it sure you can help me well okay um, this was fall of 2019 was when we met and I did not like Kayla at first. I think I was just like, I don't know. I just, it was a very odd situation that we met in for the first time, which probably didn't help the situation. Um, But we were working together. So we both worked at the same place. And um, we were teaching dance. And so we started teaching together. And when I first met her, it was a very weird situation. And so I didn't really like her at first, but we started teaching together and over several months, I was like, hey, I really like this girl, (laughs) despite very weird first meeting situation. And so, yeah, we started, we were teaching together for like, it was probably like six months, but then we were like by the time that like six months had gone by we were like really close friends at that point um and then what happened I don't even know um (laughs) well journey (laughs) yes so quarantine was obviously like a little over a year ago and that was like right after we like started really I guess hanging out outside of work and like pursuing an actual friendship if that makes sense um Mm -hmm. and then quarantine happened so we started doing a facetime bible study with a couple of our other friends too and 
yeah, like we became best. I like to say we became best friends in quarantine because I think that's just kind of funny yes. because like what <laughs> yeah. are, when we were stuck in our house and weren't allowed to see anybody, that's when we became friends. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I think that's like my favorite part of our story because I think I talked about it in my second episode of just kind of really craving those deep friendships and then thinking COVID, I was like, there's no way that God's going to use this to bring me closer to people because, you know, we were so isolated, but what's so cool about God is just like how he's always faithful. And it was just the coolest thing because Anna just sent this random text like, hey, (laughs) should we do a Bible study over FaceTime? And I was literally like grinning so hard. And it was just the best because it really truly like started our friendship in such a Christ-centered way. And I think that's why our friendship is so different than the world because it was and is still rooted on Christ and that is just so beautiful. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing. I love that story. Okay. So um, the next question I wanted to ask you is I just know that just you sharing your story with me, it's just something that there's so much beauty and vulnerability and it's just so cool that when two people come together and just share their life and what God's done and what they've learned, it's just, there's something so powerful about that. And that's what I really want this podcast to be is just a place of authenticity and a place where we can share our hearts, but also share our victories and our lows and all the things in between. And so I just wanted to ask you just what are a couple of things that you've gone through in your life that have really kind of made you into the person you are today? Yeah, so I mean, growing up, I went to church, I was homeschooled, um, and I was very serious in dance. Um, I was like training to be a professional dancer and everything. But like growing up, obviously, like I said, I went to church, um, was raised like in a Christian home and everything. Um, But then... When I was 14, I was, like, training really hard in dance, and then several things kind of happened that I ended up quitting dance, like, cold turkey, um, just, like, super random. Like, it was just over because I, I mentally couldn't handle it with what was going on, but um, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and then also someone who's basically my baby sister, um, passed away. She was a year and a half old when that happened and I was 14. So I, after that I quit dance and pretty much also that was the point where it was kind of like, who are you? And testing my faith too. Cause at that point I'd grown up in a Christian home. And so I was a Christian, but had never really taken ownership of that faith for myself. It was more like we went to church on Sunday because we always went to church on Sunday. And um, my whole identity and life was completely wrapped up in dance. And so after everything happened, I couldn't do it anymore for various reasons. And so I couldn't dance anymore. And so I was like, well, who am I? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, what, what is my purpose, basically? Um, and then also just very much questioning my faith at that point, because it was a lot of trauma all at one time that 
yeah, it just kind of, it made, it made me think, I think it makes a lot of people like question that at that point of just, there's the very common question of how could a good God allow that kind of stuff to happen? And so my 14 year old self was definitely asking those questions. Um, But yeah, after that happened, it was just a lot of um, depression, anxiety, trauma. I have PTSD from it. Um, Just a lot of mental health stuff happened after that. Um, And fell, it was kind of a six month period. I fell very deep into a state of depression um, before someone in my life finally stepped in and kind of noticed what was going on and then helped me to kind of come out of that over, it took about a year and a half to two years to come out of that fully. Um, but yeah, that, that's the main thing that I, I always think about. I was a very, very, very different person before all of that happened versus after, like before all that happened, I was like, the girl that was homeschooled that danced all the time that was going to be professional dancer like all that stuff and then after that it was Mm. suddenly all that was gone and I had to figure out you know what am I going to do with my faith what am I going to do with dance I mean I gave it up what am I like what am I going to do now um so I would definitely say like that series of events definitely changed me from the person I was to the person I am so that's kind of a lot (laughs) I just oh but like I just think it's so important to talk about like like you said your mental health like so many things happen and I think so many of us and kind of like you said with your story which I know your story so (laughs) I can like speak into this of just somebody stepped Mm -hmm. in and it's because it's finally like God was speaking to them to step into that situation because I think a lot of times we try to hide it and we like feel shame. We feel guilt. We feel all these things. And it's like, we don't want to talk about it, but then it's preventing us from finding freedom from it. And I think that's what the enemy wants is to keep us in that bondage instead of letting us be free with the love of Mm -hmm. Christ. And so I just love how you share that. And I'm like, thank you for sharing that because I know it's something that's so vulnerable and, But what's so cool is that God uses those situations to build your testimony and to build your story and to be like, hey, this is where I was before and this is where I am now. And you're totally different. Mm -hmm. And that's like showing that God made you new, refreshed your life and renewed your life. And so thank you for sharing that. That was, wow, so awesome. And so kind of like talking along those lines, um, I know you talked about just you really had a lot of questions about your faith and just all that kind of stuff. And so kind of when you were going through that, kind of what are some things and what are some verses even that maybe at the other side of it, you were like, wow, this is what I'm clinging to, to move on and find freedom. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was definitely like a very interesting thing when everything kind of happened, because while I like, again, I was even going through all of that. I was praying before I went to bed every night. I was um, going to church still. I was doing all of the things, but 100% out of routine, not because I had any desire for it. Like, I was going to church because my parents or grandparents at the time um, were taking me. Like, it wasn't because I necessarily wanted to. 
I was praying before I went to bed every night because I had done that my whole life. And so 14 years of habit, you kind of just do that. But there were a couple of verses that at various times I would kind of cling to. And then especially it was um, six months after um, my sister passed that I finally, I really reached my breaking point at that time. Um, It was rock bottom. And luckily, you know, a couple, it was like a week or two before that, that someone had finally like stepped in and taken notice of it. Um, but at that point, there were kind of a couple verses as I was at rock bottom, but knowing there was a way out of it, so to speak, um, that there were a couple verses. I wrote them down. I'm trying to find them. But Psalm 4610 was one, which is be still and know that I am God. I think a lot of people have heard that verse before. Um, and it's a pretty like commonly referenced verse. But for me, it was kind of a moment where at that point, there wasn't anything I could do. Like I had tried to fix it myself. I had tried to take control of the situation. I tried to fix it. But, like, there was nothing that I could do. And I just had to sink into the fact that, like, he was God. And I could literally just be still and not do anything. And that was enough. Um, Which was, like, comforting at that point. Um, And then another one was Psalm 34. Um, It's actually 15 through 20. So Psalm 3418 is a very commonly quoted verse. It's the Lord's near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. But if you go back a few verses, starting verse 15, it's the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord's near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. So that was like a very, again, a very comforting thing because I did truly have a broken heart at that point. I was very broken. I was very, like my heart was truly shattered, honestly. And Those verses, though, just gave me that hope and that promise of, hey, he's near to the brokenhearted. And I love the last verse, how it says, you know, he keeps all of his bones. Some say he protects all his bones and not one of them will be broken. Like, it might feel like it right now, but in the end, like, I'm not going to be completely broken by this, if that makes any sense. Yeah, wow. I love how you shared like verses from Psalms, because I think Psalms, I've been like digging through the Bible with a friend recently, and we were talking about how Psalms Mm -hmm. is just so honest. And I love it because it's like every emotion David felt, he just wrote it down. He was like, here we go. And I love that through all of that, because like you said, like David was just gut level honest. And like, when stuff was just really hard, and whatever, he just like wrote it down and was like, God, this was really hard and was just completely honest. And in that, like, I could so relate to that. 
Um, so yeah. 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 And I think it's so important to like emphasize that because I think a lot of times we just feel like we have to put this mask on and just this mask of kind of like we were talking about earlier of I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm okay. But in reality, like through Psalms, we see David was not okay at some points and he admitted that. And I think there's just such a toxic kind of like movement of saying like, I'm fine or I'm okay in our culture, even not even in the Christian culture, but just in general, I feel like, and a lot of times people don't feel like they can like not be okay because it's like that shame thing and that guilt thing. And I just think it's important to like admit that because I've heard this so many times before it's, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay Mm -hmm. to stay there. And I think if you admit that you're not okay, you can find freedom and you can have people come and champion you and you can have God speak into that, but you have to admit it with your mouth first because otherwise you're just going to keep it in your heart and it's not going to go anywhere. And so I just love how you kind of explain that of like how David just is gut level honest. And that's, I think we need more of that in our society and it's important. And so thanks for sharing that. Uh, So this is a question just because you're on the other side of this journey now. And of course you're still dealing with it, but it's also a new thing, if that makes sense. And I just want to know, like, how did you choose joy on the other side of walking through the things that you talked about in your testimony and just the, just the pain and the shame and all that stuff that was just enveloping you? Like, how do you choose joy on the other side of that? Cause mm-hmm. where you are now? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I definitely did not while I was in the midst of it, it took very easily two or three years, like after everything happened for me to get to a point where I was okay with what happened and I was even like there was a lot of shame surrounding it not just like surrounding the actual circumstances but surrounding like all of the mental health that came with it the fact that I like have PTSD like that's something that like even still to this day I'm like very not hesitant to share with people but it's like one of those things I don't like Like, it's something that you don't know about me until you really know me well that I, like, share it. So, um, but, like, I can look back now, though, and it's been almost five years since everything happened. It'll be five years in July. So, now, though, I feel like I can look back and confidently say I wouldn't change what happened. Um. And, like, sure, I would give anything in the world to hold her again, to even just for five minutes, like, to kiss her again, to hug her again, like, just to be able to say I love you one more time. Like, I would give anything in the world to have that back. Um, And I'd give anything to not deal with the lasting consequences of the trauma that, like, I still deal with five years later. Like, like it's not, like... I wouldn't change what happened, but I would also, sure, I would give anything to change it. That makes no sense, but, um, yes, it does. (laughs) At the same time, like I can say I wouldn't change what happened because I know who I am because of it. I know what my purpose is because of it. I know what love is in its fullest, you know, both the immense joy and reward that comes with love as well as the immense pain and hurt that comes with it um I know there's often more to a person's story because of her like 
I am someone that kind of hides it on the underside. And like I said, you don't really know it about me until you really know me. Um, And so I think I'm more gracious to people sometimes because I know there could be more to the story. Um, And I know now, like, I can be a light because of what I went through. I know that I have a purpose because of what I went through. Um, There are so many things that I wouldn't know or wouldn't be able to do without her and what without what I went through um and like seriously I said it a couple times like I truly can say like I found my purpose because of her um until I met her until all of that happened until everything happened like I was a dancer like period end of story like that was it like I was gonna go to New York I was gonna be a dancer like that was it and then everything happened and everything changed And, like, that honestly, like, put me on the path that, you know, God ultimately had planned my whole life. You know, he knew when I was eight years old and training dance every single day, he knew that that wasn't, I wasn't going to New York to be a dancer. Like, he knew that. And so it was all of that that happened that, like, turned me completely the other direction. And God was like, I'm taking over now and you're going to do what I want you to do. And you're going like, this is your purpose. So like, that's honestly how I can like find joy in it now is like, I wouldn't change what happened because again, I would not be the same person that I am today without all of that. Yeah. I love how you also said like you found purpose because I think sometimes we just, you know, we control our lives. We want that control. We are trying to plan out, you know, 10 years from now, where do I want to be? But in reality, like that's the beauty of faith is like total uncontrolled. Like we're not in control of anything. And I think it just, your story just screams beauty from ashes because it's like you went through these things, but now God's restoring them and he's using them for a purpose. And he's using them for your journey of life. Like that's what you're pursuing now. Like you're pursuing ministry and you're pursuing like students and or kids or whatever that looks like because of God leading you into this purpose. And like, imagine what life would be like, like you said, I wouldn't change anything. And of course it hurts. It still hurts, but also God is restoring all things. And I just love your story because it, just screams that like it has like you know all those exclamation points of like purpose (laughs) exclamation point and it's just like this is what God has planned for you and so and just to get to like witness that as your friend has just been so cool to see your journey even just meeting you like a year and a half ago to now just how much God's grown you and how much like you're willing to share Mm -hmm. about this like that's just amazing and powerful I know God's going to use it for a purpose and I just well so amazing. Ah, I love it. Um, so kind of going into like now, like where we are mm-hmm. at life right now, like what is something that God's teaching you maybe in this season of life? Okay. Um, well, I'm single. So that's, that's a season. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like <laughs> the last six of nine, six to nine months or so, like, God's honestly really just been teaching me about myself, which that kind of seems like, I don't know, kind of strange, I guess. But like, I'm a very complicated person. I think all of us are. 
to an extent, but I seriously struggle with a lot of things that are, like, normal to, like, people that, like, I don't know, a lot, a lot because of my past and because of, you know, everything that I've gone through. And, you know, more recently, I've been able to kind of unpack what happened, unpack the mental toll that it took on me then and that it takes on me now because it does look very different now than it did then. Um, And I think that's something like interesting even with post-traumatic stress is like it takes on new forms like as time passes like it never goes away it just kind of like morphs and changes as you change um and so I honestly feel like he's been teaching me a lot about just myself in that sense um and the things that I do struggle with and like my personality the way I deal with things my weaknesses my like natural tendencies um especially in the context of relationships because I mean before I met you Kayla I mean you know this but I didn't really have friends like ever in my life um and like Kayla really was the first like person that I would consider an actual friend that I ever had um I had, like, friends in high school at church or whatever, but, like, they were also the same people that bullied me, so it wasn't really my friend. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, (laughs) like, I feel like he's just been teaching me that a lot in the context of relationships, and that's kind of why I preface that with, like, I'm single, is he's been teaching me to me in the context of friendship because I've always been one that, like, has wanted to get married. Like I've always very strongly desired marriage. Um, and I still definitely do, but at the same time, as God's been like teaching me about myself and about like just different things that I do or say or whatever, and just giving me more, honestly, just like self-awareness. Um, like it's shown me that like, I need this time to like learn about myself and work on myself and everything so that when the time comes for a serious relationship I know those things and I can share because like I said a lot of those things are not necessarily things people struggle with a lot um and like not necessarily issues that are super common and they're things that can very easily be misread like I know Kayla and I have gotten into like tiffs before because I've done something and then like she didn't get it and then I was like oh I didn't even know this about myself and then we had to like sit down and talk about it be like oh okay this makes sense now um but so now it's like okay sorry you get to be the guinea pig but like you know when a marriage comes along it's like okay I know that about myself um So, yeah, I feel like it's, like, showing – it's been – like, God's been teaching me that about myself. And then also even it's shown me, like, I always wanted marriage, and I mean still do to a degree, but it was always a security thing for me. It was always a stability thing for me. I always, like, just wanted that one person that I could trust, like, no matter what. And honestly, it's shown me, like, through being single and, like, honestly being content in that now like I'm like hey 
this has been like a great time for me to learn about myself, to grow myself first. And it's shown me to like, I have to be fully dependent on him for that stability that I want. Like my marriage will be stable one day, but still not as stable as God. Like God is unchanging. His character doesn't change. Like he is like the stability that I'm craving, not like another earthly person. Um, And like something someone said to me Mm -hmm. is like, every single person is going to let you down. Like no one is capable of fulfilling that perfect trusting relationship that you want. Um, This was Mama J as I've mentioned her on my channel before. Um, But like (laughs) she said this to me one time because I got caught up in this like comparison of like, this person let me down, be disappointed me, whatever. I don't even remember what it was about, to be honest. I was just kind of, like, mad for no reason. But I was, like, talking to her, and, like, they did this, and that really disappointed me and whatever. And she was like, look, like, I've disappointed you too. And I was like, no, you haven't. And um, I was like, what are you talking about? Because I do have that tendency, like, to put her up on this pedestal of, like, She's never let me down before. And she was the person that ultimately like stepped in when I was dealing with everything and like honestly saved my life. So backstory there. But um, ever since then, like I've never had a problem trusting her before. And so I was talking to her this like one day and she was like, look, every single person on this earth is going to let you down because we're all human and none of us are perfect. And Like, no one's capable of fulfilling that perfect, like, trustworthy relationship that you want. Like, not even me. And like I said, I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I let you down. Like, I I left you. And she did move to Tennessee a couple years ago. And I was mad at her then. But she was like, I've let you down. Like, everyone's going to let you down. The only one that's not going to let you down is God. Like, you can't place a God-sized expectation of perfection on a human being because it won't work. It'll never work. You're always going to be disappointed by that person because they're never, ever going to live up to the perfection of God. And I was like, what in the world? Like, thank you for calling me out. Like, my job. (laughs) She does all the time. And so yeah. I think it's like another thing though, of, again, I'm single and I, I've learned and I'm still learning. Like I can't place that expectation of like stability and fulfillment and this perfect, perfect person that I can trust no matter what on a human being, because every single one of us is going to mess up at some point. And the only person that I can place that expectation on is God. And so I have to be like fully reliant on him. And honestly, like that's what's really gotten me to the point of being like content being single is like, I don't need a person to feel like safe and stable and secure. Like I have that in God and that's all that I need. So that was a really long rant, but it's okay. (laughs) That was so good, though. Like, I think (laughs) that will speak to somebody because I just think that it's that thing of 
you know, we're mm-hmm. trying. And Anne and I have had so many conversations about this. It's so cool. And if y'all check out her YouTube channel, she has like a bunch of singleness videos, which I love. And it was really cool. We were doing like a Q&A one time. It was just me, her, and one of our other friends. And I just love what you said about a God-sized expectation. Because I think that marriage and like just relationships yeah. can become such an idol without people even realizing it. And that's not the ultimate goal in life. Your ultimate goal is to chase after Jesus. And so if a person meets you, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're chasing him, great. And I think that there's just that pressure and expectation. And it's just something that we need to talk about because I just think, uh, like, especially us as like Christian, like single girls, I just think that sometimes we just have this huge like expectation about marriage. In reality, it's like God wanting us to seek him first, not marriage, not a boy, not a friend. And like, I love how you also Mm -hmm. talked about just like our friendship and like, just talking about how you're learning things through a friendship. And I think it's Mm -hmm. so cool how God uses anything to teach us things and how he uses other people to teach us things. Because I've learned so much through being your friend. And it's just so cool how God does that. And honestly, it just blows my mind sometimes to even think like how much he's shown me through you and just other people in my life. And it's just so cool. And so thanks for sharing that. Um, so the last question we're going to do is I want to <laughs> ask this to every person I have my podcast because I just think it's really fun. And I answered it in the very first podcast, but this is just like a fun question. So what are three things that are bringing you joy in life right now in this very moment? It can literally be the smallest thing or the biggest thing, anything in between. And so I just want to um, hear your thoughts on that. I would say spring and warm weather. If you know me, like, I'm a summer girl. I'm a Florida girl. Like, I love me some warm weather. So yes. definitely the fact that spring is here, mostly. It's like 50 degrees, though, in Georgia today. I'm not really sure why. I was about um, to say, but, you know, we're just crazy. Yeah, I don't know. We're just crazy. Yes, so spring is coming, and it's gonna be warm. I don't like the pollen, but that'll go away soon. Um, yeah, I would say friendships. Um, True. I mean, me and Kayla's friendship. A couple of my other friends too. Like, I mean, like I said, I never really had good, like, healthy friendships before, and so. It's definitely been nice the last like a year or so. Um, always just makes me so happy and brings me so much joy. Um, and then the last thing, honestly, just like the future, I guess. I'm going to be starting full-time interning at a church June 1st. So, and will hopefully be continuing yes. like through fall until I graduate and everything. So I'm just really excited about that. And also just graduating in December and seeing kind of what comes next. I'm a very plan-oriented person. Kayla knows this about me so much, but I have, I always have 10,000 lists. Always has a list. Plan way too far in advance and like everything. And honestly, I think God's been teaching me like with this whole internship and graduating and everything thing like. At this point in my life, I don't have a plan for what's next or where I'm going to be, but I'm honestly, like, okay with it and, like, really excited about it, which is kind of fun because normally that stresses me out, but I'm honestly just at a point where I can just look (laughs) and smile and be like, God's going to do what he wants to do, and I'm totally on board for the ride, so... 
Yes. I love that. Oh my goodness. That's so fun. And I'm just so, I'm just so excited for you too. (laughs) I'm going to have a friend moment right now. I'm just so, so excited for Anna. Like seriously, y'all don't know her. You're missing out. And I just think she has taught me just a lot about like just being loyal and also being a caring person. She just has such a huge heart for all people. And I think her story truly has made her into that person because I think she's just seen so many things that has just, you know, built her character up. And it's just really cool just being able to witness what she's doing, what God's doing through her. And I'm really excited for her and excited for just the journey that he has for you after graduating and, you know, your future and all that good stuff. So yeah. Anything else you want to share before we stop? Thank okay, you. well, this thanks for being so my fun. first guest. This was so fun. I love you too. <laughs> oh, I love you. And yeah, I hope to have more of y'all on this in the future and just to sit down and have, you know, authentic conversations, just like yeah, Anna and I just had a conversation we would have, you know, <laughs> at her house or on a co- at a coffee shop, any of those things. And that's why I want to make this just a casual conversation of just what God's doing, what he's done and what he's going to do in the future. And I just hope that everybody remembers that you are loved, you're seen, and you today you can choose joy on your journey 